All right, Justin, sing me the Academy Awards theme music. Uh, do they have a theme? Fuck if I know. <laughs> I always hear different themes. Like last night, I heard Indiana Jones. I heard Star Wars. I heard. Yeah, they do movie <laughs> themes. I was just saying, do the Academy Awards theme. You could have fucking hummed anything. I wouldn't have fucking known the difference. You know. Uh, hum your favorite score nope, from nope. the movies. It's too late. Now oh, I know God. he's cheating. <laughs> My time is up. No, because now I know it's cheating. You already admitted that you don't know the theme song. So that means I've won once again. I need a listener to go through all these ever since I started asking you to sing songs and see how many I've won and how many you've won. (laughs) I don't think I won very many. Oh, I know. I'm the champion. I don't think I want you. I don't think I want you to tally that up. We don't need to know that. All right, let's just start this episode. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. We're having fun today. We're talking those good old Academy Awards. The Oscars, if you will. And then, I don't know, we're going to follow it up with, I don't know, Gretel and Hansel. But before that, like I said, we're going to go, um, we're going to go through the list of the winners last night, which will be super quick for on some of them. We're going to go through all those, talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the Academy Awards winning, or winners, if you will. And then we will talk about just uh, the Academy Awards in general, and uh, have some fun with that. So, I mean, let's let's start it off. Uh, short film live action. I don't think any of us saw any of these. Do I need to list them? Should I? Or should I just say who won it? Just say who won it. Yeah. The Neighbor's Window. Sounds sexy. Okay. <laughs> um, the next one was short film animated, which the winner was Hair Love. And, Justin, did you want to talk about your, your thing with Hair Love now? Or, or or do you want to save that one for a later? Uh, yeah, I, it'll be quick. I'll just uh kind of just say a few things about it. Um, it just all I all I really have to say is I mean it one, so I, I'm I don't have an objection. But uh, all I would want to say is just that I recommend it. It's a six minute long film. You can actually see it on YouTube. I saw it uh, earlier this morning because it won this award. So I was I was intrigued. I was curious. And it's a good movie. It's a it's a good little short film about the labor of love that is involved with taking care of your hair, having pride in your hair, different things like that. And there's just this little family story in there um, about love. So I thought it was cool. Um, another cool thing about the awards uh, ceremony and the, and those uh, directors and people actually receiving the award was that they invited uh, DeAndre Arnold to uh, be there at the Oscars and he got to come up there and be there for them to receive the award for that film. And so I thought that was really cool because if nobody knows or hasn't heard this by now, this is kind of a story that went viral, but DeAndre Arnold was a student who uh, had long uh, dreadlocks for hair and was told that he had to cut his hair in order to walk the stage and graduate. So it just brought up all these kinds of things. And I know that Sterling and I, I don't think we've had this conversation on a podcast, but I know we've had it just uh, maybe just in private or just in speaking. But, you know, 
uh, discrimination when it comes to hair and hairstyles and the whole definition of what's acceptable hair for employment and things like that, that that's always been kind of a discriminatory issue, especially like with people of color, other cultures, et cetera, et cetera. So it was nice to kind of see that mentioned at the Oscars and they had a little talk about representation and apparently there's an act that's going to be passed uh, to so that you know, so that we kind of deregulate what's acceptable hair and different things like that when it pertains to different cultures and people. So I just thought that was cool. So I thought that was worth the mention. A weird side note to that, like to to what you were talking about, is I literally read a story today uh, where there was another student that was going to be suspended from school for having uh, hair too long because he's growing out his hair. For his sister who has an autoimmune disease and getting chemo so he's growing out his hair to make a wig for her and so they told him either cut your hair or we're going to suspend you and so him and his parents just uh pulled him out of school and he's now getting homeschooled because it's fucking stupid wow hmm. yeah yeah it's just crazy that like wow. i read that today and like that's what you're talking about like that for whatever reason you know god forbid schools are about education and not giving a fuck about students hair yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's just crazy that I don't know that that's an issue at all ever. All right, we can we, we'll move uh move on. Uh, documentary short subject. The winner of that was learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl, I'm not gonna lie, it sounds interesting as fuck. But yeah, yeah it does. I didn't see it. Now we get into some of or well, one more I'll do before we move on completely. Um, best documentary was the winner was American Factory. I mean, do you guys have any comments on the best document? Why the fuck did, can I say that uh, documentary? Whoa, documentary. I don't know what the fuck happened to me there. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that category before we move on? Nope. No, I didn't. I unfortunately didn't get to see those. So no. All right. One that I think I might weirdly have an issue with, and we'll see about you guys. Best visual effects. Uh, your nominees were uh, Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, the Lion King 1917 and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker with the winner being 1917. I actually have a problem with that. Oh yeah. I think I think of those movies I kind of think Avengers Endgame should have won it. I was actually going to say that too because that movie was visually like the effects for that were amazing. I agree with that actually. I mean, and it's it's mainly because I can't I can't think of a bad CGI element in that movie. I can with a few Marvel movies, but I can't with that. And I can't tell you what was CGI and what wasn't in 1917. And I mean, maybe that's why it won. Yeah. But if you also told me they did 1917 with all practical effects, I'd believe it. So I just think as far as like special, like visual effects go, I mean, maybe practical effects are a part of visual effects. Maybe I just don't know enough about the category because they are practical effects are visual effects. I mean, yeah, true. I, I do have problems with the Irishman being nominated for that because the de-aging in that is utter garbage. I honestly didn't think The Lion King was that great with visual effects. Oh, yeah, I could see that too. I mean, the scenery was beautiful, but how they did the animals and like trying to make them look like they were talking and things, it just didn't look very like, you know, well put together for that part of it. So I kind of definitely would not have chosen that one. Well, I think I think with that, the visual effects clashed with what like was going on in the movie. You yeah. know, they'd be sad and just look like a fucking lion, but they'd be talking all sad and 
saying sad shit, <laughs> but just looking like a lion. And yeah, so it, it just clashed. The the visual effects clashed with the just I don't know the movie, but I mean that's a yep. Like, I agree. And Star Wars was whatever. Star Wars was just Star Wars visual effects, which I mean aren't bad, but they're just it's Star Wars. I just I mean if if you're counting practical effects and things like that, I guess yeah, 1917 would make sense then. It's just if it really is leaning towards more the the computer generated artistry of it all. I kind of think Avengers Endgame should have taken it instead, but that's really kind of just yep, I agree. my only disagreement with that. All right. Um, the next one, best sound mixing, which would have Ad Astra, Ford versus Ferrari, The Joker, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, with the winner being 1917. Sure. That works for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See, really fly through some of these, and we're going to... Slow down to a grinding halt on some of these two. Um, sound editing, uh, with your nominees being Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, nineteen seventeen, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, with the winner being Ford versus Ferrari. Also, once again, sure, that's fine. I have no issues with it. Unfortunately, I didn't see that movie, but I imagine that it was probably well done. <laughs> it probably sounds very well edited. Yeah. Um, and just uh, just to give a perspective of someone who saw it, because that was one of the solo movies I did. And I even mentioned like the sound uh, quality in it. It's like it's definitely top notch. So when it won, I uh, was like, oh, yeah, I could see that. I had no objections with it, especially after seeing the movie, like all the engine revving that it does. And when they hit the turns and the drifting of the cars and everything. I mean, it just really just puts you in there uh, in the race. So I, I appreciated it for that, for sure. There you go. An educated uh, response on that one. Uh, so the next one we have uh, production design and we have the Irishman Jojo Rabbit 1917 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite with the winner being Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh once again sure i mean if it had gone to pretty much any of these movies besides the irishman i would probably have the same response so now is production design the same as like set design more or less it's because it's okay because it's broken down to your uh production designer and your set decorator okay i mean i honestly mean yeah i once upon a time i think it actually was a very beautiful movie and like in the sense of you know, you really felt like it was a movie from that time and everything. And I, um, I, I think it was, yeah, I would give it that, that one. Or, um, I unfortunately haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet, but I imagine that was probably really good in that department as well. I mean, yeah. Oh, for, was that my, oh, was that my cue? <laughs> it's kind of a free for all. I mean, at this point, we're not really, oh, okay. we're not structuring this out. So, <laughs> okay. Um, no, I was just going to say, um, no, I, I didn't have, uh, I don't have too much of an of an objection with that. I mean, of the movies I saw, I think that you could definitely make uh, arguments for any of those. But I don't know if one just really just super edged out the other. So, yeah, I was fine with that. And, you know, recreating an older Hollywood and some of the sets where they were and uh, the different places that the film takes you, I could see. I think that's a respectable win for uh, Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, sure, I guess that's what the 60s look like. I don't know. I wasn't there. I mean, I wasn't in Nazi Germany, so I don't know if Jojo Rabbit nailed it. 
I don't really know if any of these movies nailed it. But like I said, I I have issues with The Irishman, especially visually speaking. So like I said, if any of these other four movies won, I like I said, I'd have the same opinion of, sure, cool, makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure 1917... All right, I have some issues with 1917. I thought they leaned a little bit too much into it, and it looked a little too 1918-ish. Nailed the joke. <laughs> oh, my. Um, so the next one's uh, best original song. Uh, so well, for that, we have I Can't Let You Throw Away throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4. I'm Going to Love Me Again from Rocket Man. I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough. Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. And stand up from Harriet, with the winner being "I'm Gonna Love Me Again" from Rocket Man. But sure, once again, I don't have a real strong opinion on this. I know three of these songs, and <laughs> yeah, y- you give it to Elton John, you're not gonna hear complaints from me. Right, I agree. I think that one was a good choice. My second choice probably would have been the song from Harriet because that was a really good song. Um, but otherwise, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm in. I, yeah, sure. Um. I mean, Into the Unknown is the only one, other one I really know. Like, I, I do remember I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4, but I do really know uh, Frozen 2, Into the Unknown. And like me and Jasmine, were, or at least like I said in the Frozen 2 podcast, it's a fine song. I mean, it's it's not a let it go, though, you know? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a fine song. So, but any opinion from you on these, Justin? Um, I was just going to say that, yeah, I was glad that um, Elton John... Uh, took that and that rocket man got some recognition at least for that you know especially since we didn't get a an actor nom or anything like that for it uh at least it got nominated for the music which which really at least that won something because that was you could argue one of the most powerful elements of that film that was what drove the film that's what kind of got at the story and that's really what uh, Elton John is about. So it was cool that he got to go up there. He got to have an acceptance speech. And so, and I'm glad that Rocket Man did get some recognition. Yeah, because it sure as fuck got ignored for the rest of these. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get into that. Uh, best original score. I'm not even going to try to say her name for the Joker because I'm just going to butcher it. It's out of respect that I'm not saying it. Um <laughs> I'm going to assume this is Alexandra Desplat. Probably butchered the fuck out of that. It just looks a lot less scarier uh, for little women. Uh, Randy Newman for Marriage Story. Thomas Newman for 1917. And big bad John Williams for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. With the woman whose name I can't say from the Joker winning it. Um, If Joker's going to win any awards, I guess I'm okay with this one. I mean, <laughs> I, I would always hedge on the safe bet of John Williams. But... It's yeah. John Williams. He can lose a couple. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine. I don't. The thing is, is I don't remember the orchestral score to any of these movies, with the exception of Star Wars. That's it. So, I mean, sure. I don't know. All right. I think that really sums up this category. Um, do you guys want to move on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just wanted to double check. Um, the next one: makeup and hairstyling. Uh, you have Bombshell, Joker, Judy. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and 1917 with Bombshell winning. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that one. Yeah, I think that's well-deserved for sure. The makeup they did, like how they made these people look like these other people was insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much one of the highlights of that movie. So, yes. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm fine with that one. Yeah, I agree. I think that just kind of like how I spoke about Rocket Man with that other one, the the probably one of the strongest elements about that film was, like you guys said, how just amazing everybody looked and how close to the actual counterparts they looked. So, yeah, it was definitely masterful makeup and that and that really was one where i was like man you know makeup is not necessarily one that i necessarily am like invested in or care about to that extent not saying that it doesn't matter but man uh, bombshell that was a movie where it it really stood out though and really just kind of displayed the importance of makeup and how important that category is so yeah when that one i was like oh yeah like there was no objection from me whatsoever. So yeah. Yeah, with like a lot of the categories we've gone over, like best original score or you know, uh, visual effects and sound editing and stuff like that. Unfortunately, w- with a lot of these categories, you kind of take it like the people that do good jobs for granted because you only really notice the bad ones. Like you notice, yeah, a bad score. You notice bad editing. You notice bad makeup, and you kind of take for granted when it's just amazing. And right. at least with Bombshell, it was so fucking good that you couldn't deny that it was amazing. Like, you notice it because it stands out so well. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so next is film editing, which you have Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, The Joker, and Parasite. With uh, Ford versus Ferrari winning on this, I've seen a handful of these movies, Ford versus Ferrari not being one of them. I'm fine with that because fuck The Joker. Or no, as I was saying last night, hashtag <laughs> fuck the Joker. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down with it. That's fine with me. No complaints. Yeah. Just like similar to the makeup and bombshell, man. Like uh, the reason why that movie won some of these Ford versus Ferrari won some of these technical awards is just because of how masterful the racing scenes were. I mean, it really was just masterful editing back and forth, showing you giving you outside shots of the track, giving you a sense of uh, depth and placement, like where everybody was. And so when a car is coming around the corner or when you see how far uh, this car is from this car, it just really gave you a sense of perspective and just helped to add to the tension of those races. So, yeah, I I definitely understand, Rod. It really does have just some amazing racing sequences so yeah it's it's a deserved one too very well said um best costume design we have the irishman jojo rabbit joker little women and once upon a time in hollywood with the winner being little women once again sure because hashtag joker deserves zero awards (laughs) i mean honestly for me i I would give it to once upon a time in hollywood because i just think that they they made that movie look so that decade um I don't know. I just I thought that it, they did really great with the costumes there. I'm actually just disappointed that Rocket Man wasn't on the list. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He did have a lot of uh, colorful costumes in that movie, and yeah, I, I can see that. They look so much like him in his real concerts and how he dressed, and it was so almost dead on, you know. And he's just so fabulous with anything that he wears. Like it's everything is just so very noticeable what he wears and like you have to be extravagant with these costumes that he does and i just the way that they did them and just that really it really should have at least been nominated if not one 
See, exactly. There we go. Um, I mean, and, uh, nothing against little women. The only reason why I have slight issues with that is it's been done eight times between TV and movies. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's not a standout. You could have just used the costumes from, the, I don't know, the fifth one. Who knows? I can't tell you the difference. Yeah, and I do think it might speak to just kind of, you know, there are Oscar bait movies and there are just things that Oscar voters, they, you know, over the years, they just have a soft spot for certain things. And I think that just that European elegant, uh, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Like aristocratic. Victorian? You know, those. Yeah, maybe like Victorian or like, yeah, like, you know, those big aristocratic dresses and just that old school style, the long socks and the vest and everything like that. You you know, those films have just been a staple, like in Hollywood and stuff like that. You always got stuff about royalty coming out. There's just a fascination with that style of culture so and i mean i mean it's you know it's white culture it's european culture i mean so obviously you know they're 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 gonna like their culture but i do think that sometimes that does trump at some of these awards over other things that probably that you probably could have given that award to like a rocket man or a once upon a time or something like that exactly um, the next one is Best Cinematography, which was one of my most anticipated awards. Uh, you have The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Roger Deakins winning for 1917. And if you've listened to our 1917 100%. podcast, there was no one I was rooting for harder than that guy. Yeah, the, the, it, there's just no way anything else should have won it was too amazing like the lighthouse is a beautiful movie but 1917 is just beyond you know no exactly yeah i mean uh and again this is just kind of like what we've been saying about some of these other categories like the the strongest thing about 1917 is how it looks that 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 really is the film like it's how everything looks it's the way everything was shot it was what they were able to do with the cinematography which is why i didn't have too much issue with it taking the visual effect one either that movie really is a visual masterclass. that was its strength that's what it had going for it that's what it brought to the dance so i think it's very fitting that the strongest feature that that film had it won in that category. So, yeah, it was definitely well-deserved. So the next one, which the winner should be no surprise here, is the international feature film with Corpus Christi, Honeyland, uh, Les Mis, Pain and Glory, and your winner of fucking course, Parasite. Um, Sure. I mean. Yeah, for sure. It's just one of those things that, considering what awards this movie wins later, spoilers, how could it not win this award? It'd be kind of weird right. if it lost it. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, it is, and you know, I'm sure we'll get on Parasite a little bit more later, but it's, it is a good movie. You know what I mean? So like, I completely, I mean, maybe it's just me because I think, didn't Roma win this last year? I'm pretty sure Roma won the best international feature last year. And yeah. that movie was fine, but this one was really good. It was, I think this movie was better than Roma was. And so I definitely think, 
you know, considering like past winners and everything, it's definitely up there as actually even better than some of them. But um, I, it, it is a, definitely a good enough movie to win international feature. So I have absolutely no issues with that. Yeah, I agree. And I didn't get to see, and I didn't see any of the other ones. I mean, Parasite's the only one I saw, but I heard a lot of good things about that Honeyland. I really did. I, I know it's got a super high score on tomatoes, and I know that people were just, you know, kind of tout about it here and there and people who saw who were able to see it and stuff like that. So that's a movie that I'm curious about. But uh but but yeah, I mean I think that just with how Parasite rose through the ranks and just kind of how it kind of made a splash over here in the States and just the momentum that it had, uh the awards it was picking up, which I think it totaled I think Rotten Tomatoes said it totaled 127 total awards in award season, which like kind of just eclipsed everything else this year. So it's no surprise that it won this award. But the interesting thing is that typically the film that wins this award, that's all it normally wins. And so it makes for a pretty exciting finish whenever we get to the other Oscar awards. Uh, so, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody this surprised, uh, anybody, but I think it winning this did lead to surprises later for sure. I mean, if you say so, it was considered a front runner in some of these things, but we'll get to that. A category I have a big issue with, which is animated feature. We have how to train your dragon, the hidden world. I lost my body claws missing link and your winner toy story four. Can we really live in a world where none of the How to Train Your Dragons won an Academy Award? Really? That is kind of sad. Yeah. And it's always up against another just huge animated film at the time, right? I mean... I feel like that's its downfall. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's better than them, damn it. Like, it is. <laughs> I mean, Toy Story 4, to me, it probably was a best a better movie than How to Train Your Dragon. But, like, give How to Train Your Dragon that Lifetime Achievement Award. Toy Story's already gotten, like, nine of them. Let's just give it to How to Train Your Dragon for fucking once. Like, seriously, Academy. Get off Pixar's <laughs> dick. I'm just upset. <laughs> um, I guess just to speak on it, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, the, the, the earlier part of what you said is true. I just... Uh, unfortunately for this how to train your dragon and that's that's alarming though i can't believe it didn't win any of the previous years that's crazy i did not know that so that's very alarming to me that it didn't win for previous years but just unfortunately man this just wasn't the strongest how to train your dragon the last one just wasn't their strongest one definitely visually we i mean we talked about that up and down but unfortunately man uh i just i can't i mean toy story was just a better movie man it just was it was a bigger surprise it had no reason to be as good as it was and it just was and unfortunately uh these came out at the same time but yeah that but that's very alarming to me man though i feel your pain though for how to train your dragon that's shocking that it hasn't won anything over the years yeah and like and i did i i did like the how to train your dragon movies for sure and anyone who's listened to me on here before knows animated films aren't my favorite usually um how to train your dragon those were great but man toy story 4 that just like 
that made me like want to go see an animated movie. <laughs> so for me, I'm totally on board with that one winning. Yeah, but How to Train Your Dragon 2 lost to Toy Story 3. How to Train Your Dragon 2 is better than Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 is good. <laughs> it's great. How to Train Your Dragon 2 was better, though. Why did Toy Story 3 win? Because it was given a Lifetime Achievement Award for that fucking franchise. And they still right. did it again in this one. That's why I don't give a fuck if Toy Story 4 was better. They still could have given it to How to Train Your Dragon. Because fuck that bullshit. It really upsets me. Okay. Um. Now to another category of Best Original Screenplay. We have Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the winner for this one, Parasite. Yeah, Knives Out should have won this one honestly i know and i'm actually i'm really bummed that knives out didn't win anything at all but i was gonna say uh knives out would be my choice um but i don't know once upon a time in hollywood to be honest like i really enjoyed it <laughs> i really think that it could have i thought that was going to be a strong contender for that one um but honestly all of these options were really good so I think for this specific category, I probably would have been fine with any of them winning, but I was just rooting for Knives Out just because that movie is so fantastic, and it's just a real shame that it didn't win anything. Uh, yeah, this was, um, to me, this was a surprise. Like, like uh, th this was the first just, like, real, like, I was like, oh, what? It won that one? It won that one? Because it just I just did not expect it to win this one. I did think that Knives Out probably w was going to take this just just for how creative the script was and how entertaining it was and everything like that. And I know that sometimes the Oscars kind of like to kind of distribute things. You know, it's, it's very, uh, you know, a lot of times you will get these like, distribution of these awards and so they'll save certain certain movie will get these certain awards bundled or whatever but then they'll try to like uh section it off you know and normally when a when a film just sweeps and grabs everything it's usually like a big deal because that doesn't always always happen and not as much anymore anyway uh so I really thought that Knives Out, I figured that they were just going to give this one to Knives Out. But I understand why Parasite won. I mean, just the 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 story of it and just how it all goes together, the how the the message that it has, the fact that it almost kind of combines all these different genres, but does it in a way that where the story all flows together and all kind of hits its uh its important message at the end. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I was surprised it won, but I understand why it did. But but yeah, th this was like the first initial shock I had like, "Oh, whoa, it won screenplay." And uh, you know, that that was a shock when it when it was announced. It could have just not been selfish and given better things awards. Um, best adapted screenplay. Uh, we have Jojo Rabbit, The Irishman, The Two Popes, Little Women, and uh, The Joker. Um, with the winner being Jojo Rabbit with Taika Waititi. Uh, any thoughts on this, guys? Again, I haven't seen the movie, but uh, Taika Waititi, I really like him. <laughs> so I'm on board for him winning whatever he wins. Yeah, no, I'm kind of there with you. What yes. Oh, go ahead. I'm my bad. No, that was literally it. I was just saying, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same for me. Uh, I, I didn't get to see that movie either. But I mean, 
Watiti is just so, I mean, he, he's a good director. And I mean, his movies are entertaining. There, there's always um, some great satire and messages in his films and different things like that. And I'm pretty sure when I finally do get to see that movie, it's going to be a treat. So I was happy to see him win something. He's a very talented director. No, yeah, he is. I do want to correct myself, though. I did speak out of turn. How did Train Your Dragon 2 did not lose to Toy Story 3? It lost to Big Hero 6, which I still think it was better than. The original How to Train Your Dragon lost to Toy Story 3, which it was still better than. So okay, okay. my mentality was still correct. I just wanted to make sure I'm giving accurate information. Uh, so the next big one is your best supporting actress with Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pug. I don't know how to say her name. Puh? Pew. Pew. Florence Pugh for Little yeah. Women and Margot Robbie for Bombshell with Laura Dern for Marriage Story winning. Since you two did the episode, give your thoughts, Kate. Um, I am a big fan of Laura Dern. I really like her. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I personally wouldn't have given her this award just because my whole thing with it is she's she is a very prominent um character in the movie and what she does is very important and um like just it would not be the same without her in the movie i'll give her that i just don't really feel like she's in it enough to warrant her just being the front runner of the whole thing it just kind of surprised me actually that she was just she was sweeping it like she was great in what she did but i just it's just one of those where you feel like especially with that movie with marriage story that movie is about just basically the two main characters about scarlett johansson's character and adam driver's character and it really kind of feels to me like any other person in that movie is really just background but to the point where they they're not going to matter as much no matter what and I just was surprised, I guess, that she was sweeping it all, like not because her talent isn't deserving of it, but just because of that specific movie. Um, I honestly would have given it to Margot Robbie. I think she did a phenomenal job um, in Bombshell. I think she was so great in it. I think that her character was more important to what that film was than Laura Dern's character was to what Marriage Story was. Um, I don't know how much that really matters, but for me, that's why I would have chosen Margot Robbie. And I just think Margot Robbie is probably one of the most diverse actresses we have right now. And I just really think she deserves to win something for her talent. She's been nominated so many times. Well, also Scarlett Johansson has as well, um, which I'll get into later. But um, Margot Robbie, I don't, yeah, I'm, she's never won anything and she's been nominated several times. And I just think that, especially for this movie and what this movie was about and how well she played that character, I just really think that she should have gotten this one. Cool. Um, I guess just to say my piece with it, um, for me, it came down to two people. Uh, I, I was more in the camp of Laura Dern for this one, uh, but I've also thought that Kathy Bates had a real shot at this for uh, Richard Jewell. I thought that she was amazing in that. I think that she played such a great role as Richard Jewell's uh, mother. And there were really just some just very emotional show still in scenes where she really just kind of had a, a larger presence than the, the than the other actors in it and th that were in the Richard Jewell movie. And I mean, I even talked about that in my solo with her. Like there were scenes where she literally 
just stole it, you know, and just really just took command of the scene. And I also think that uh, with Laura Dern in Marriage Story, I also think that the that the scenes where she where her character really gets to shine and are really strong. Those are some very, very strong scenes. I, I don't think it's true that uh, she's not in it as much. But when she's in it, man, man, I feel like she really just made an impact. But Laura Dern, like it wasn't only that, though. She was also really good in Little Women. So I just feel like she just had a really good year. Um, and then, of course, uh, um, with uh, Little Big Lies on HBO. I mean, she's she's just she was just awesome this past year so i i just think uh but but yeah. for me it came down to those two and i wasn't mad that she won but uh i was kind of rooting for kathy bates i've, I've been a fan of her since misery so i've always kind of got i've got a soft place in my heart for her but yeah uh I, so for me it was those two but yeah i think laura dern she was just really really strong even though yes that movie is about scar joe and uh, Adam Driver, but she really did have some strong scenes in that movie despite them. So I think that I can understand how she got there. Uh, but yeah, uh, th th those would be my main thoughts on it. Yeah, and I wouldn't say I'm mad about it because I do, I do really think she's super talented. But I don't know. I guess I think it's just preference of what I think a supporting role should be more so. I, I don't know. But I, I do also agree. I love me some Kathy Bates. I think she's great. But I didn't see Richard Jewell, unfortunately. So I can't speak to that. Oh, yeah, it's all good. And Margot Robbie. Yeah, she was badass, too. So, yeah, this this was a tough category, man. Like, honestly, and Florence Pugh killed it in Little Women, too. And I didn't see Jojo Rabbit, but I'm sure... Uh, just from the scenes they showed at the Academy with Scarlett. I mean, th this was a tough one, man. Like, like honestly, you could have given it to any one of them and you could make a case for any of them, honestly, I think. I mean, it really gets into that weird definition of, like, what the fuck is a supporting actor? You know, like, they don't really... There's no real clarification on that. I mean, yeah. you, you can go all the way back to what Dreamgirls, when... There was that weird push that Jennifer Hudson was nominated for Best Supporting and Beyonce was nominated for Best Actress when I think they were both the same. Like, I'm not saying like talent or performance wise. Yeah. I'm saying their characters part of the story. You know what I mean? It's just so right. up in the air. What is considered what? And I think that that's what yeah, for sure. kind of adds to the vagueness of this category and, and also Best Supporting Actor. I will say this. I think it should be Florence Pugh. Because I just learned how to say her name, and that's fun to say. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> pew, pew. Yeah, she. I think a lot of people on Twitter were asking her how to say that, and that's how she explained it. She's like, kind of like when you're shooting a gun. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. You'll see there. <laughs> that's why I remember it. See, that's why I think she should have won. So, best supporting actor, we have Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman. And the winner, Brad Pitt, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think Brad Pitt should have won. He just kind of drove around a lot and kind of just said a couple of words here and there. I can do that. I'm not that impressed. Um, it's, I mean, I guess it's kind of better than Al Pacino and the Irishman because uh, he was kind of just Al Pacino. Um, but I, I honestly feel like this should have been Tom Hanks. And I will elaborate on that later with another category. But I think um, Tom Hanks as a... Um, 
you know, Mr. Fred Rogers was just one of the best things I've seen all year. And yeah, I did, did fuck the Oscars. What about you guys? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. Like, and it's going to be a rare day when I don't think Tom Hanks should win something, <laughs> but especially for this, because he, the way he played Fred Rogers was perfection. Almost. It was so, so good. And it's just a real shame that he didn't win. Um, I, I did like Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I don't completely hate that he won. And I also think that, I mean, he's just a really talented actor and he should he should be rewarded for that in general because I don't think he's ever won an Oscar before. But just if we're if we're just basing it on the category and the the decision at hand here, I do not think he should have won it. Um, he would have been a close runner up for me. But yeah, it definitely I think Tom Hanks really just put all into that role and just how how he just honored who Fred Rogers was so perfectly almost. I just really think that Tom Hanks should have won this one hands down for sure. Uh, yeah, for me, I think I'm in that camp too. Like uh, the, the, the Brad Pitt performance. And I think that this is just kind of one of those times, like sometimes you just try to read the voters and read what is happening and th different things like that. And I do think that maybe this had more to do with the fact that Tom Hanks has just won a lot of times and Brad Pitt kind of got in there, you know, he's kind of that, uh, you know, he's been around a long time, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, he, he kind of, he kind of got in there on a good performance and different things like that. Another thing to kind of what Sterling was saying about what really defines a supporting actor or actress, uh, Brad Pitt is just in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a lot. He had a lot of material to work with. He has a lot of scenes. He has a lot of time in that movie. And you could argue, I mean, you know, he was just as integral a part of that movie as um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character was. So it's a, again, it's kind of weird. Whereas Tom Hanks is not, you know, it, it, he very much is the supporting actor in that movie where he doesn't have um, as or, may, or maybe it's about even too. I don't know. I, I, but I but I feel like he had less scenes than the main uh character in that film i feel like he had less scenes he did yeah he did yeah okay i feel like he did so i mean in that film you know he's not on the screen as much but when he is man i just think he was very impactful and like we said um uh, on the podcast or like what i said on the podcast i just wanted more of him whenever he wasn't on screen i just wanted more of him so uh so I think that maybe that 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 speaks to it too. You know, Brad Pitt just got more to do in his film than Tom Hanks did. But as far as the acting, I do feel like Tom Hanks playing such an iconic person, playing such a well-known person, playing such a person who everybody knows and respects and everything's like that. He had to nail that performance and he did do that. So yeah, I, I think I'm in y'all's camp on this one for sure. So, I, and I think that that is part of it for me too, is just the fact that with the role that Tom Hanks played, he, like, there's not really anyone else I can really see doing that specific role the way that Tom Hanks did. 
Brad Pitt was great at the role he did, but there are probably a handful of other actors I can think of that would have been equally as good in it. And I think that's part of why my vote is swayed more towards Tom Hanks in this specific. But you are right about what is a supporting role. I mean, I think that if we are basing it on how important are they to the storyline beyond the the main protagonist and antagonist and whatever. And Brad Pitt was very much he his his story of what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was is very important into um, that movie. And so I, I understand why he is the supporting character and why that is the role that he was nominated for, because he is he is very much in it almost as much as Leonardo DiCaprio, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. So I yeah. So I do. And that's the, that's the difference, because with Laura Dern, I just feel like, you know, um, I don't know. I just feel like her her character might have been important. But was it one of those where how interweaved, how interwoven were they with the rest of what was going on in the story? And Brad Pitt, you can't really have that movie without his character in it for the way it was written. So, yeah, I get why he was nominated. And I understand to a degree why he won. But there's just nobody else that can really play Tom Hanks's like that part that Tom Hanks played, Fred Rogers, like he did. And that's why I give it to him. I mean, like you guys said, like Tom Hanks played somebody we all know. Brad Pitt played 1960s Brad Pitt. I just, uh, <laughs> I, right. You know, I mean, it, it's nothing against him in that role. It, it's, it's like you guys said, if, but to me, I felt like Brad Pitt was on the screen more than Leonardo DiCaprio. I felt like he was the main character of the movie and, and Leonardo DiCaprio was the, the, the supporting actor. That's how I felt yeah. in that movie. It was super interchangeable. They might have, yeah. Like, I just feel like it's one of those things where they kind of gave him a Lifetime Achievement Award because that's kind of the vague thing Jastin said, that he's been around for a while, <laughs> you know, and Brad right. and Tom Hanks just be winning shit. So let's just yeah. give it to Brad so they can sit here and do right. that for this, but they can't do it for no fucking how to train your dragon. Fuck the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I could say also like, not, not that I want to recast Brad Pitt. Cause I, I am a big fan of Brad Pitt, but like, I could honestly like, I, maybe, maybe it's just me. I could see Ryan Gosling playing that same character just as well. Probably. Hey, I don't know. Hey, I can you know drive I mean? just as good as he did. <laughs> yeah see sterling could have been brad pitt's character and probably could have won an award yeah, for i just it, don't know? look anywhere near as good as that fucker when he takes the shirt off but i will say this i would have kept my shirt on while roofing the sun is dangerous <laughs> let's be logical people <laughs> i mean he took off his shirt to i don't know just to take off his shirt like i said it, it it's nice to fucking look at don't get me fucking wrong but that was just a weird ass character choice um, so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, best actress. We have Cynthia Erivo, Erivo. God, I suck at names. I think it's Erivo. Erivo. Okay. Cynthia Erivo with Harriet Scarlett Johansson for marriage story. Oh, how the fuck do you say her name? I think it's Sarah. C. There we go. Oh yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. It's just when you, when you look at it, that's very intimidating. Right. Sarah C. Ronan for little women, Charlize Theron for bombshell and Renee Zellweger. Zellweger, who gives a fuck? uh, Judy for Judy. And uh, she won for Judy. Um, No, I do have an issue with this. It should have been Charlize Theron, just hands down. Uh, Because Charlize Theron was Megyn Kelly. I think they were actually the same person. And Charlize Theron has been playing Megyn Kelly on TV all these years. And we just didn't know. And this was her way of telling everybody this. (laughs) Surprise. I don't (laughs) think that they were two different people. 
It's either that or Megyn Kelly played Megyn Kelly in the movie and they just said it was Charlize Theron. Right. Because it was just the most accurate thing I've ever seen on screen ever. I mean, she sounded just like her. I didn't think that was possible to be that good of a mimic of somebody's voice. And Charlize Theron fucking nailed it. Like, that was just acting. Like, that's what it was. The definition of acting. If you look up the definition of acting in the dictionary, you see the definition of the word acting, which is what Charlize Theron did. Yes, that was a uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang reference. But (laughs) yes, that's my vote. Charlize Theron should have won it. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, okay. I was waiting on you. Um, Okay. uh, Well, this category, I mean, this is tough for me because I, I was, I was rooting for Scarlett Johansson for marriage story. I really loved her in that. Uh, I I honestly did not see Judy, but I know that Renee has been picking up Keller awards for Judy. So I know that it was a a, a performance that people seem to like. It had a lot of momentum. So it wasn't a surprise that she won. I'm not angry that she won just because I've heard. So I, I just, you know, couldn't help but hear about how, well, she was uh, how, many, how many, the results that she was getting because of her performance. So I wish I had seen Judy. I wish so that I could really make a fair assessment. But I was rooting for Scarlett Johansson. I thought she was great in Marriage Story. I thought that maybe with her having two nominations this year, I just felt like it was her time. Thought she was going to pick up at least one. So that that was the person. I was silently rooting for And then uh, Cynthia Erivo was also good in Harriet. I just don't think the movie was good enough to kind of propel her the those extra notches that it needed uh, to, to get her the Oscar. But she also performed uh, very well as well. And and and, uh, um, and Miss Ronan, watch out for her. She's coming. She didn't win this time, but she will win a lot of awards because she was excellent in Lady Bird. She was excellent in Little Women. She's she's coming. So I'm not worried about her either. So, yeah, I just wanted to comment on those people. To me, I think Roger Robert uh, said it best with Renee Zellweger. Uh, it was a good imitation. It wasn't a good performance. Charlize Theron was Megyn Kelly. You can't convince me they're two different people at this point. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like for me, and I, I didn't see Little Women. Um, I do like Sarah C. Ronan. I, I do think she's super talented. Didn't I thought she won something. I could be wrong. She probably was just nominated, but she is very talented. I, I definitely give her that. Um, honestly, Renee Zellweger probably of these would have been my last choice to win. And nothing like she's talented. Don't get me wrong. I think just preference wise, she's just never been my favorite. Like I never just watch her movies and say, oh, she stands out to me. You know, I love her work more than anyone else's. She just doesn't really stand out to me. She never really has. So for me, I'm just kind of iffy on her in general. Uh, Maybe I haven't seen enough of her movies or enough of her good movies (laughs) to make that assessment. But she she was definitely not the choice I would have made. It's really, it's a tough call for me because I'm really like kind of neck and neck with Charlize Theron and Scarlett Johansson because kind of like we were talking about with the supporting actor role, Tom Hanks, you know, he was and he played a person that we know. Uh, Charlize Theron played Megan Kelly, who most of us know who that is. And the way that she portrayed her was dead on just as much as Tom Hanks was with Fred Rogers. Same person. Like, probably even more so. Yeah, probably even more so. So she was 
phenomenal. And Charlize Theron is probably one of the best actresses ever for me. I love her. I think she's amazing. So I would have been absolutely fine if she wanted because she did a great job. But if you go to Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, um, she's sort of the Brad Pitt of it where it's like, it's not a real person, you know, and probably they could have picked a lot of other people to play that character. But in this case, I don't know if anyone could have done it as well as Scarlett Johansson, because this was hands down my favorite Scarlett Johansson performance, because she just, the emotion she brought and just how completely real and raw her performance was, is probably one of the best acting performances I've seen in the past year. She was amazing. And the fact that you can have that effect when it's like, Okay, so we know Charlize Theron's character, you know, we know Megan Kelly and who she is. We know, we, we, we feel like we kind of know who that is, but this made up character that we don't know and to relate to her the way that I feel like many people related to Scarlett Johansson's character in Marriage Story, it just kind of really elevates it a lot. So I'm really, really having a hard time deciding between the two. But I definitely would have given it to the, one of the two of them before Renee Zellweger. Um, I did like Renee Zellweger's speech. I'll give you that. But <laughs> um, just performance-wise, though, those two, Charlize Theron and Scarlett Johansson, were just completely amazing. And I really would have liked to have seen it gone to either of them, especially Scarlett, just because she is so good and she's not one yet. And I know that's not what matters here, <laughs> apparently. Maybe it is. I don't know. That's why they gave Brad Pitt one, right? But like, I just think that she deserves something for how amazing she is in that movie and just in general with her acting. So that I would have been fine with either of the two of them winning that one. Oh, and just to quickly comment on what you said about ScarJo, like, uh, make no mistake about it. The reason why Marriage Story is here and the reason why marriage story is it was made the list for best picture is because of the acting like that movie i think out of all of these movies i see on this best picture list that movie was just pure acting that's why it's there like it because the performances from all of them laura dern adam driver and especially scar joe are so strong that's why it made it here like it's not there because it had astounding you know visual effects like 1917 it's not some cool like crazy sequence nuance kind of storytelling like once upon a time in hollywood it's not a a, a, a fantastic social commentary like parasite marriage story is here because of the acting it is just people in a room doing actors in a room most of the time it's just actors in a room doing what they do and that is the power of that film. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying uh, when it comes to her and Marriage Story. I mean, that's why that movie is here. Whenever you were saying all that, Justin, yeah. and you kept saying acting in a room, I kept just replacing the word acting with Charlize Theron because they're synonyms at this point. <laughs> they were Charlize Theron in a room. I can't disagree with you. Yeah, I, I honestly can't disagree with you. Like, I would be fine with that because, man, Charlize Theron is so good. Yeah, but I think, yeah, Justin, I do agree, though, because Marriage Story is one of those movies where it could have been a movie where they're all just in, like, especially those sessions where, you know, she's just talking about their relationship and he's talking about their relationship. You could have put them in one room for the entire movie, just doing the dialogue they were doing, and it would have been 
just as good honestly because those scenes where they're kind of one-on-one and it's just those long dialogue scenes with her and with adam driver and you just are like wow this is just the greatest thing ever like it's so good and just the writing and the script of this movie is so um incredible like i just i can't think of another movie off the top of my head that's had that good of writing to where it can just be two people talking to each other for the whole entire thing and it's just that's what the movie is you know other than closer because closer is also very good with that kind of thing but this one i liked better and just how relatable it probably is to anybody kind of in a a relationship of any kind not necessarily even a marriage but just you know anytime you've been in a relationship and just those feelings you get and all of those things like it's so relatable and i think that's why it's so powerful so yeah does anybody know and i mean i guess i could find this out if i i don't know used google but i guess one thing with marriage story to me and you you referenced it kind of heather with the movie closer is the fact that Closer was a stage play. So that's why it made sense Mm. that it kind of played out the way it did, being very dialogue heavy and things like that, because it's a stage play. And Marriage Story was an original screenplay. So it's not, it it just wouldn't have surprised me if Marriage Story was also like, it was a play and they just adapted it. Yeah, I don't know. uh, Because it very much has that feel of it being like a play. It kind of comes across more like that than you typically would a movie. And, And I don't mean that as a knock. I'm just what you guys are talking mm-hmm. about with like dialogue. It's and it's just acting and dialogue and things like that it just makes it more reminiscent of a play to me. And that's just my thoughts on no, that. No, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and I'm not sure, but I, no, it, I wouldn't it, be surprised. It, it wasn't because it, wasn't, it was nominated for best original screenplay. So it could have been a play. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. So, oh, and also just a weird bit of Oscars trivia since you guys have brought it up. Um, Scarlett Johansson has never been nominated for an Academy Award, and then this time she was nominated twice, and she still lost them. But nominated twice. Really? Yes. I thought she... Nope. I could have sworn she was at least nominated before. Nope. A lot of people think for okay. Lost in Translation she was, and she wasn't. Yeah. No. Oh, man. That's upsetting. This is her first time being nominated, and it was twice in one. That's that's actually pretty cool, that never being nominated, and you get it two times in one, uh, one award. I feel like that's like a special list yeah. you know like i feel like how i think maybe one other person has gotten that before and that's about it like that doesn't happen very often at all but now on one that i feel is very 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 uh very controversial we've got uh oh boy. best actor with antonio banderas for painting glory leonardo dicaprio for once upon a time in hollywood adam driver for marriage story joaquin phoenix for the joker and jonathan price for the two popes and uh you know the the guy that was in Fuckface the movie, Joker, uh, Joaquin Phoenix won. Um, <laughs> yeah, once again, like I said, uh, hashtag Joker deserves no words. Um, but honestly, my biggest issue with this is the fact that I think the two best acting performances of this year, as far as male actors go, weren't nominated. And that'd be Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems and uh, what's his name? Oh, shit. Fuckballs for Rocketman. Um, Taron Edgerton. Oh, for sure. Not nominated for uh, Rocketman. Like, fuck off fuck the oscars like to me that's actually the biggest snub in this is the fact that neither one of them were nominated for this category because i think both of them hands down objectively speaking no matter what are better acting performances than joaquin phoenix and the joker you know i just it's it's just astounds me that they weren't even nominated you know i actually yeah that's pretty bogus if they were at least nominated and joaquin phoenix won okay that's one thing but they weren't even nominated and just fuck that noise yeah I mean, I, it is pretty bogus, honestly. Like, 
some of these two and like I and I haven't seen uh, the two popes and I haven't seen pain and glory or anything like that. But I'm just kind of like I just feel like those were very random choices for this category with how many very heavy, great male performances there were this year. And I completely agree. Actually, as much as like Uncut Gems for me, is just kind of like, yeah, it's above average, but not like amazing for me, at least his performance was amazing for sure. So I agree with that. And also Taryn Edgerton as Rocket Man actually probably should have won this category because he was unbelievable. So I 100% agree with you on that. Um, and sorry, I didn't, I, were you, did you have any other thoughts? Sorry. I didn't want to keep going. If I, <laughs> if you had more stuff on that. No, I'm angry. I'm, oh. I'm just going to say more angry things. <laughs> I mean, and I think I, you know, I, I, I slightly disagree with Sterling a little bit just because I do think Joaquin Phoenix did a good job in this movie. I think his acting ability in this movie was really good. I was not at all surprised he won for it. Um, I don't know that he, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't think he would have been my choice for winning though, because I was super rooting for Adam Driver for the same reasons as I was for Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, because they were equally just powerhouses in their emotional and just everything performances that they did. And Adam Driver is, um, I, I think it's his time. I think he needs to just be winning all the things right now because he's amazing. <laughs> but also Leonardo DiCaprio is a force in Once Upon a Time. There are some scenes that he does in that movie that I'm just like, man, you are just so good. Like he's one of the best of our time for sure. Um, I would have been fine with Leo or Adam Driver winning. I, I would not have been upset at that. I wasn't surprised that Joaquin Phoenix won and I get it. I understand why he won, but I just kind of was rooting for the other, for Adam Driver specifically, just because of uh, just how vulnerable he was on screen and how um, subtle he was with some of the things that he did that made his performance amazing. And yeah, so that's that's my thoughts on it. I'm not surprised and I'm not specifically upset at it because I get it, but it just wouldn't have been my personal choice. All right. So uh, when it comes to me in this category, well, for one thing, I didn't see Antonio Banderas's performance in Pain and Glory. I have not seen that yet. So uh, so, you know, it's hard to just sit here with any credibility and say, well, that one shouldn't have been in. And then, well, you know, I, I, let's replace some of these with some other people I thought should be in there. But uh, just to talk about some of the nominations, I do think that uh, Sandler was one of the best uh, performances this year. So it was surprising that he wasn't in here. And I know he's got like a history with the Oscars. And I know that they're, you know, he doesn't have the best uh, <laughs> track record of, his thoughts on the Oscars and saying things about him and stuff like that. So who knows? Maybe his mouth ruined his chances here. But another actor that I was just upset that wasn't in this category, honestly, was Eddie Murphy. Because Netflix's Dolomite is my name. I mean, Eddie Murphy just absolutely kills it in that role. And it's just one of those where I just wish that he had been nominated, kind of like how Sterling wishes that uh, uh, Adam Sandler had been nominated. So I definitely understand that. 
when it comes to the, the 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 rest of the actors in this category, uh, Jonathan Price definitely deserves to be here. He was great in Two Pubs. I actually did get a chance to see that. Uh, I was silently rooting for Adam Driver. I kind of knew that Joker was going to win because much like Renee Zellweger with uh, with Judy, uh, Joaquin was just picking up a lot of steam. He was picking up a lot of awards this year. He had that momentum. And sometimes, man, going into the Oscars, you just know. It's like you just feel, you just kind of know, okay, this film uh, this actor, this person is going to win this. You know, sometimes you just feel it from the pulse of what you're reading and what you're seeing. So I understand uh, why Joker won, but 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 I would have given it to uh, Adam Driver. But I understand why Joker won. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it was a crappy performance. It was a shitty performance, et cetera, et cetera. And when you hear like some of the behind the scenes stuff about just how much Joaquin Phoenix put into this character, the nuances, uh, what he had to do to his bodily appearance to become Arthur Fleck, uh, the all of the different improvisational scenes that he did and he had in this and all the little extra things that he added to this. Um, I, you know, it, it's kind of hard to argue against him so I definitely understand uh, why he won. And um, and I thought that his speech, too, was pretty cool. It was heartfelt. He actually did something different. Instead of doing the thank yous, he seemed like he spoke from the heart. And I did appreciate that from him, too. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, I liked his speech a lot. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't. Fuck that speech. Um, I just find it incredibly disingenuous <laughs> when you're giving that speech for playing that version of the Joker. You fuck off. <laughs> um, no, but the thing is, is what Jasmine was talking about, like the transformation, like the physical transformation that Joaquin Phoenix did to become Arthur Fleck. What purpose did that serve, though? Why did losing all that weight make him a better actor in that role? Why did that role need it? Nothing about that role needed him to lose all that weight. They just did it to have that weird fucking scene where he's walking around in his underwear. If he was just normal fucking Joaquin Phoenix, it still would have been the same fucking character. Like, nothing about mm -hmm. that was necessary for that role. It's just that fucking weird fucking bullshit that they do for roles sometimes. It wasn't like this is fucking Raging Bull or Christian Bale and the Machinist, where things like that were necessary. I mean, I, you can argue necessary. Yeah. I mean, they could kill themselves doing what they did doing those. But, like, why did Joaquin Phoenix need to do that for this role? Nothing about this role needed that. And so, like, that being something that is touted as an achievement of his acting in this movie, it just, just seems dumb to me. I mean, and I'm not saying you're the one saying that, Justin, because I know I've heard other people make the same argument. And I just, why? And I do have an issue with Leonardo DiCaprio being in this because, like I said, I don't, I don't think he was the leading actor of that movie. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with what Heather said about him being, you know, very powerful in that role. I just, I still think Brad Pitt was the main character of the movie. So I just, I don't feel yeah. like it was, it was like that. And I'm going to get into why I think that that happened uh, later when we talk about some other stuff with the Academy Awards, um, because I kind of think, and it's this, and I've, I've got something also to say why Eddie Murphy wasn't nominated, Justin. I do think uh, there, there is actually a very distinct reason for that. And we'll go into that with one of my other uh, topics to talk about with the Academy Awards on this. Um, but I guess we can move on. We've got two categories left here. Um, 
So we have Best Director for Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for The Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quinn Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood, and I hope I don't fuck up this name, but it's Bong Joon-ho for Parasite? Correct, yeah. yes. I, he did direct Parasite. The question mark wasn't for Parasite. The question mark was for me saying his name right. I just, for whatever reason, added it to the movie title. I knew what the movie was. Um, and uh, yes, uh, Bong Joon-ho was the winner uh, for Parasite. I I get why he's the winner. Personally, I think Sam Mendes should have uh, won it. But I'm not terribly upset that um, that Bong won this. Uh you know, because to me, I can I can chalk that up to personal preference, I guess, on that one. Um, but I, I do have issues with Todd Phillips being nominated because fuck the Joker. Uh, so you guys, <laughs> you guys talk now. Um, I actually am pretty much like echoing exactly your thoughts on that, Sterling, because I, I was personally rooting for Sam Mendes because I just think that 1917 was a gem of a movie. I think it was just the directing and just... How, he was so very specific in how he wanted to do that movie and to make a movie where the script or the storyline specifically was not the main part of what made that movie great. And pretty much it was the direction and the cinematography that made that movie great. I just think that um, he just, I, I think it was above and beyond. I just, I loved the, I just, I loved what Sam Mendes did for the, that movie. I think that it was just this, so beautiful and it's just very memorable for me. If I'm looking at movies on this list from these directors that are memorable movies, I would say, I mean, that's just one of them for me that I'm just like a lot of those scenes and a lot of how he did that movie are going to stick with me. And that's why I was rooting for Sam Mendes, but I also Bong Joon-ho, I get it too, because how that movie was cut, how the movie was shot, how they did a lot of the scenes in that, everything in that was really well done. I'm not upset at all that he won this. I think that, you know, I, I'm totally fine with it. Almost all of these, I probably would have been fine with. I didn't actually see The Irishman, but I mean, it's Martin Scorsese. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can't really say that that would not be a, a good choice. Oh, um, you can. But... You can definitely say that wasn't a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what I'm saying. In general, it's not like that's like a shocker that he would be nominated for a movie as best director. It was but for that one. I don't. I, I. I don't. I don't not believe you because I honestly, for me, Irishman didn't even sound to me like something I wanted to see. That's personal preference. I could get a lot of uh, backlash for that one, but it, for me, I just for me it didn't sound captivating enough for me to watch a four-hour movie about what that was. So that's just me. Um, but yes, Bong Joon-ho, I'm totally fine with him winning this category. Like, I think, and especially the fact that, I mean, just how, I mean, it's probably not his very first movie directing, but just the first one where he's just kind of known as a director. And also, I just think he's a cool dude. Like, he just seems like a very genuine person. And I'm always up for somebody who's like a genuine person who just really loves the craft of what he's doing, winning. And that's totally him. So I'm definitely down for that. But I, I would say behind Sam Mendez, I probably would have been fine with him being the winner for this one. Uh, cool. Um, so, but you know, the, this this was a category where, honestly, I was predicting uh, some sort of split. I knew that it came down to, I knew that the two top contenders were Parasite and 1917. I mean, just no question about it, looking at the list. And I figured 
the Oscars would do this thing with they were split. So I figured I was like, okay, if Bong Joon Ho takes director, then Sam, then 1917 is going to win picture or vice versa. And I had predicted that I figured that they might give this to Sam Mendes for 1917. And then I was just, I was hoping, I was actually hoping that Sam Mendes will win this one because then I would be like, okay, I think uh, Parasite can take picture, you know, which is kind of like the biggest one. So I was hoping for a split here because then it would have indicated to me, I would have been, I was just trying to, you know, predict it. So that's kind of what I was rooting for. And this was another one uh, that was a surprise, but I understand. You you know, 1917, I think it was definitely the strongest front runner uh, um, next to Parasite, but I do really just feel like the strength of 1917 is just how amazing that it looked. I, I think that that really was the the strength of that film. That that's the biggest and best thing about that film is just visually how it looked. But I really think that Parasite is just like. The, the 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 story, the visual storytelling and the message it had, I just think it just was just that undeniable movie this year. You know, it, the, it, it was the underdog, man. And sometimes, you know, we we just we're we just live in a culture we just love an underdog it was the rocky in this category 1917 was kind of like your apollo creed you know the good looking swag pretty has the great appearance has you know has all of that but but i feel like parasite was just that underdog that just blew up that just came here it was from a different place different culture and it just blew up, you know, uh, that that thing that's not supposed to win is just winning. And it just kind of caught that underdog momentum and it just rode it all the way up to the top. So I understand why Parasite won, but uh, I, I but but I definitely think that the the, the only thing that could have that could have won other besides that was 1917. It was clearly those two to me. I mean, with 1917, and I get with what you're saying with visually with 1917, Justin, but to me, I think that goes hand in hand with the directing, you know, the the relationship he had with the cinematographer who did win, you know, they were, they were both, you know, behind the driver's seat with that. And I think that, you know, having oh, yeah. Sam Mendes having the the vision and the the focus and the intent to do something like this, I think uh, is just why I, like I said, I would have given it to him. Like I said, I I have nothing against uh, Bong Joon Ho winning. It's just I, as far as directing goes, I do think uh, nineteen seventeen is better in that regard. And I don't I don't think the directing is good in any of the other three nominations. Honestly, I mean Irishman is. I think Martin Scorsese got nominated just for his name. I don't think he got nominated for the actual quality of his movie. Todd Phillips, that's a fucking joke, is what that is. And Quentin Tarantino. I mean, let's be real. That's as far as Quentin Tarantino movies go. It's it's not up there with Quentin Tarantino ness, you know. And I'm and I'm not saying that to replace it with something else. I'm just saying that it didn't make much sense to me in that regard, you know, with some of those other nominations. And to me, the only two choices you had were Sam Mendes or Bong Joon Ho. And I kind of thought, Justin, that this would kind of end up being like the year that Ang Lee won for uh, Brokeback Mountain. 
but then Crash won for Best Picture, where they were going to yeah. split like that. Yeah. I kind of thought that that's what, what this was going to be, too. That one was going to win for one and the other was going to yeah. win for the other. Um, I, 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 I I completely agree with you on that, Justin. That's kind of what I was thinking on that, too. And, you know, because that's a, that's exactly what happened that year, you know, uh, with the whole Crash and Brokeback Mountain. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it's, but it is what it is. And like I said, and, and I do agree with you, Justin, the only, those were the two top choices. It's just to me, I'm going to narrow it down and just say they were the only two choices. As far as I was concerned, this category <laughs> only had two mm-hmm. nominees. I will say I like my only side note I want to put to that is this is probably actually one of my more up there Tarantino films just because I like how it ended <laughs> and like how it was. It was very different for Tarantino in, in some ways. And I think I appreciated that he did something a little bit different than what he normally does. Um, so I don't know. I, I just really, I think I just enjoyed how they ended this and how they ended it on the note that they did. So for me, I actually really, I liked this one. So, I mean, yeah, but yeah. And I think that, uh, oh, well, I was just going to say, yeah, but those foot porn scenes were just a little too much. They were just too glaring and too <laughs> obvious. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, the foot porn that that's fun. Now, whenever I see one of his movies and I see feet, I'm just like, damn it, Sterling. Dude, Thank you see this. it everywhere uh, now, don't right. you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, it's there. It's totally there. But um, and I think that that movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I just think that being that that's what this is, this is all a celebration of Hollywood and honor in Hollywood movies and stuff like that. I also think that just given the tragedy of what happened to those people and, and, and what actually happened in that situation, and the fact that Tarantino kind of created this fantasy movie where that doesn't happen and the actress gets to see people reacting to her movie and stuff like that. There was a thoughtfulness to that movie. I, I agree with Sterling that I don't think it is of the quality of some of the best Tarantino, but hell, I mean, hardly anything is, you know, I mean, I mean, his some of his best stuff is like really hard to top. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. I mean, come on. But I do think that he if, peaked with Inglorious Bastards. Oh, oh, yeah, that one too. That that's up there too. Uh, but but I think that um that that this just kind of tugged on the heartstrings of the, uh, on that matter too. So I think that there was some. It, it it had that kind of. I don't know if sentimental is the right word. I don't know if like I I think it was just one of those that it. It pulled the heartstring for some of the voters, and I think they just liked that sentiment uh, yeah. that, that was in the film. And I think that that did kind of I could see that swaying some votes. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, no, I I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I completely agree with that because what does the Academy in Hollywood do, like love doing more than anything, and that's giving itself one gigantic circle jerk of anything that's like exactly. a love letter to fucking Hollywood. I think that's why Renee Zellweger yeah. went for Judy. Um, I think, uh, like, all right, do you remember a few years ago, the movie, the artist, it's a fantastic movie. It's a fucking fantastic oh, yeah. movie, but like looking back on it. And at the time I was completely okay with it winning best picture, but now I'm like, why? Like <laughs> I, I, I thought about watching that movie again once and that's it. I give zero fucks about that movie now. I gave zero fucks about that movie like a month later. And I'm just sitting here thinking, why was I okay with it winning Best Picture? Why did it win Best Picture? And then I remembered, oh, because it's a gigantic circle jerk love letter like to, to fucking Hollywood. 
So of course it fucking won. Yeah. You know, that's and that's and that's one thing that I guess drives me nuts about some of these things is there are certain times you see something, you see a movie or you see something, and you know exactly what it's doing. And all it's doing is going, Yo, Academy, look look at this movie. I made it for you. Just for you. <laughs> And I think that as far as Quentin Tarantino movies go, this is the one that was made for the Academy. I don't think this was really, mm. you know, I mean, I, I say that Quentin Tarantino is also like the biggest movie Hollywood fucking geek ever. So it's very much it's him, too. You know, I can't I can't completely say that's what he's doing. He's just a huge Hollywood nerd. So it's of course he would make this movie also. But right. God, Hollywood yeah, needs to I, get up its own. And dick. I think also. Oh, my bad. But but I think also his wheelhouse is, is that he likes to do that with stories, though. He likes to take something bad in history or something like that. And he kind of has his own little kind of and then he makes kind of this his own little fantasy movie where those people get defeated or something happens to them or whatever the case may be. I mean, in Glorious Bastards, that's kind of what that was. It was these people coming together to stop Hitler. And in the end, they 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 murk Hitler. Then you look at uh, Django Unchained. It was a slave who. Uh, who comes back and gets revenge and, you know, gets is victorious over the slave master. Th this is just kind of how he does things. Um, uh, the, the, you know, Kill Bill is a bride that is left for dead and comes back and gets the groom. You know, he just, I don't know, like, like he, that is very much him. So him making a story where you got these two Hollywood guys and they stop that horrible incident from happening that ha that actually happened in Hollywood. That is totally Tarantino. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, but I get what you're saying. Like, I guess I, I forgave some of it for that because this is very much his wheelhouse and his style. But, yeah, I totally get the whole love letter to Hollywood thing and stuff like that, too. So it was kind of like this movie had a little bit of all of that. It was very much his movie and vision, but yes, all the love letter to Hollywood stuff, I'm sure just had the Academy people foaming at the mouth, you know? Oh yeah. Right. All right. On to the last one. You know, the one that I guess matters and shit, uh, best picture. <laughs> so we have Ford versus Ferrari. We have the Irishman, Jojo rabbit, <sighs> hashtag the Joker deserves no awards. Little women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Um, 1917 should have won it. Uh, you know, Uncut Gems should have been nominated. So should have uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which ultimately I, I think would have should have won it completely. But of our nominations, 1917 should have won it. Because I don't think the Joker should have been in this. I don't think Little Women should have been in this. And the only reason why I have anything against Little Women is because it's the eighth version between TV and movies we've gotten of this. Holy fuck, make a new movie. And, you know, the Irishman just was boring. So I don't think it should have been nominated. <laughs> Plus, I mean, they had one more slot. They had one more slot to give without taking any of these off. And it should have gone to one of those. And it didn't. So, you know, you could have still nominated one of these other movies that was deserved a nomination. And, it you know, without taking anyone off this list. And you could have taken the Joker off this list because, holy fuck, why was the Joker the most nominated movie this year? It didn't deserve any right. of it. I mean, sure, best score, because it won that. Who cares? Um, I mean, no, I'm completely happy for that. I just meant, you know, it, it's the Joker. It, 
was not a good movie. Like, I was just utterly <laughs> perplexed. Like, as much as this movie is about, like, you know, the Academy votes and all this other stuff, and, like, how did critics hate a movie so fucking much? And they didn't even, like, really hate it, but, I mean, they hated it infinitely more than all these other movies. All these other movies are all in the, you know, 80s and 90 percentiles on Rotten Tomatoes. And then somehow you have the yeah. Joker coming in at, like, 62%, nominated for the most. It's just absolute bonkers and at least they had their sense to at least have parasite be the winner because i didn't think i said that earlier but yes parasite was your winner it should have been 1917 but you know whatever (laughs) yeah i actually that i was i was actually just thinking that when you said it about like it's probably in like the one of the lowest ranked rotten tomatoes wise critics wise of most of these (laughs) so it is interesting that it was nominated for the most movies um i also think that 1917 should have been the winner for this one i just you know i just can't say enough good things about that movie i think it was just very phenomenal and i think i also just kind of had this like idea that it would win just because it won for the golden globes which doesn't always mean anything but um it was just a surprise win there that i thought so i was like oh great so maybe it'll actually win for the academy award um i just but then i i saw it in between the time of golden globes and academy awards and i was like no this completely deserves that it's amazing um otherwise i i actually i actually had banked on once upon a time in hollywood winning it I really did think that that was going to be the winner for this. And it could just be, um, I don't know, just because of the choices here. And I don't know, I just, for whatever reason, I really just was banking on that winning this category and it did not. And that was a little bit of a surprise, but uh, Parasite winning, I, for me, honestly, the movie was good. Like I said, like it was definitely a good movie. I wouldn't say it's the best of these movies on this list. Um, I, I'm fine with it. It's, it's just an okay movie for me. It's just personal preference. It was not my favorite movie. I understand why so many people liked it and I understand why it's like in here and all of that, but it just would not have been my personal choice at all. And I do agree about little women. I'm just kind of like, that's, you know, how many times have they done that movie and like <laughs> just kind of and how different can you really make it without it being just a completely different movie? So for me, I didn't think that should have been in the category either. Um, I actually think Rocket Man should have been in that category, to be honest. Um, but yeah, and also Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood 100% should have been in it. And I also think that that should have won um, as well, because as much as I do love 1917, I think it's a great movie. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood was just uh, probably, other than Knives Out, it was my favorite movie of the entire year. So I just think that it's just shame that it, I mean, it got one award or one nomination and that's it. And that's just shocking to me. That's very surprising. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Sterling. I think Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood should have been nominated and it probably should have won. So that's my thoughts, but I'm not completely upset or surprised, I guess, that Parasite won, but I just wasn't banking on it being the winner for this. All right. When it came to me in this category, um, as soon as uh, Parasite won director, I I really got my hopes up then, and I was like, oh man, could it really just get picture? I mean, why not, right? I was like, you already, come on. And I was just sitting there rooting for it, like, come on, Academy. You already gave it screenplay. You already gave it director, so why not? 
you know, uh, you, you know, why not go ahead? Let's make history tonight. Let's go ahead and give it that big picture. And I mean, w- when the announcement was made, I, I, I mean, I jumped out of my seat. Like I just yelled. I was so happy. Like this was my pick and my pick one. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I just happened to be accurate on this one this year. Uh, as far and, and the thing about this historic win is that, like, it, it's not just the 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 story that this movie had. I think, um, uh, you, you know, we were talking about things, and, and sometimes with these movies, man, when, when you think about a best picture, I think it's not just about what happens on the screen. It's also what happens off the screen. And to me, no movie this year had the story that Parasite has with how it just had this organic rise to the top. Uh, the eight minute, it started with an eight minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. And that was just the first kind of rumbling people started to hear about this movie. And then the fact that it had so many barriers, it had to break. It's a, it's a, it's a film from South Korea. It's subtitled. And just the incredible word of mouth that it started to get when it made its way over here at the States, the awards that it started to pick up. It was this underdog that just showed up and was kind of undeniable. And no other film has that kind of story. Not 1917, not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. None of these. And and the funny thing is, is that just looking at this list of Academy Award winners for Best Picture it's spellbounding that this movie was able to take all these wins considering what it is because i can just go down this list and normally it's one of these other movies that wins it's uh it nor uh, the irishman a scorsese epic normally th- that's a movie we're used to seeing winning 1917 a war epic Okay, I mean, how many war epics have won uh, uh, tons of awards for Best Picture and stuff like that? That's a movie that we're kind of used to winning in this category. A Love Letter to Hollywood, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's that's the a, a Tarantino film. That's the kind of movie that we are used to winning this category. And I think that that just speaks to how just awesome and crazy this was, that this foreign language movie, this movie from another country just came over here and just organically just captured the hearts of so many people. It captured the hearts of the Academy. And I think that that story is why this wins. It's not just that it told an exceptional story about the haves and the have-nots, the rich and the poor, the lines that divide us and why we can't see each other, why we can't unify, and the problems that that inherently causes on both sides of the table of that. But that not only was it that, but it was just the fact that this film broke barriers. It did things that these other, it had a story that these other films just don't have. And so I'm on the side of this was the right call. This was the right film to win. And I think that this is one of those things. It just gives me hope. It just kind of is one of those things that happens every now and then at the Oscars where they don't always get it right. 
and a lot of things they get wrong. I thought that Knives Out should have been uh, one of the in, in the best picture categories. No, you're I right. Think that you're Knives right on that, Justin. Was was really good. I, I would have I, I would have put Knives Out in here over Beautiful Day over any like I really think. I was un. I, that's the one I'm really upset about. I think Knives Out should have been in this list, but 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 still, I'm. But Parasite, I understand why it won. I know why it won. And sometimes, what happens outside of the screen does impact what wins things. And sometimes, a, a compelling story just sometimes trumps other things that we're used to seeing all the time. And I think that this was just one of those things. The film had a story behind the scenes and it had a story going in and it just captured so many people and it, it deserves to sit atop the pedestal at this time. But yeah, I am upset that something like Knives Out, I think that really should have been in here. I think you could make a case for Lighthouse. You, you could make a case for a lot of movies. I really thought that Peanut Butter Falcon was one of the best movies I saw all year. And that's one thing I can say about 2019, man. There were so many damn good movies. The Last Black Man in San Francisco was another just great movie that came out this year. And I mean... I don't know, man. They may have to change the way they do this. I don't know if you can even give a list anymore. Just announce a winner and go from and keep it moving. Like, I think that nowadays there are just so many studios. There are so many places producing movies. There are just so many things that are garnering reputa reputations beyond just what we're seeing at the movie theater. But man, this is one of those years where there were so many good movies for every person that you ask who says, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood should have been in there. You'll ask another person and they'll go, well, I think Lighthouse should have been in there. I think Uncut Gems could have been in there. I think Dolomite should have been in there. I think, and you could make a case for all of them. Like, and that's what was so crazy about this year. So I think you could argue for days of what movies should have been on this list, but I do think that the right film won the award. It had the most compelling story all year and- I think that's why it's there, ultimately. I do agree that Knives Out definitely should have been in that category, 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it can take the place of the Irishman. I'm fine with that. Right. Like I said, I mean, I don't, I, I really kind of hate the fact that they moved Best Picture to 10 places when they don't, they rarely ever use all 10. Just use all 10. Who gives a fuck? Just put it, just put one in. Who cares? Just do it. They don't have to win. Just put it in there. <laughs> like, it just drives me nuts that there's 10 slots and they don't like, I they've done it like once or twice since they made the move. Like just fucking do it and calm everybody down. Let's just not be stupid. How many were there this year? Nine. Nine. And like I said, they could one more. Yeah. They could have gotten rid of the Joker and Irishman at least and had three slots and then they could put better movies in there. Damn it. Right. And Justin, I feel slightly uh, cheated by you thinking that parasite was the best picture this year because in your best of 2019 list, you gave you didn't have Parasite number one when you did your quote unquote Scorsese best film list. You gave it to the garbage Irishman. <laughs> Just saying, Justin. No, no, no. I didn't rank uh, though that list though. I don't think I did anyway. Oh, I thought I you didn't did. rank it. I, I just could I could have sworn you said in the number one and in honor of you, Martin is the Irishman. 
I don't know. I'm not going to go back and listen. Somebody tell me if I'm right or wrong. That's all. And if I'm wrong, I don't care. I I think I'm right. That's all that matters, really. Um, right. Uh, I fun. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just because, I mean, do you have something else to say on this part? I was actually just going to say um, there was this interesting article I was reading where people were saying a new category they should put for uh, the Academy Awards is best scene in a movie. And I think that would actually be a really cool category because that could be so many different movies and that doesn't even have to be normal nominated ones. It could be any movie, you know, don't that's impossible. It, it, it can never, it would, it can never logistically exist because if you do it like anything else or any of these other categories, it's got to have max five nominations. And so, I mean, you have movies that could have, you know, they could fill just themselves, you know, could fit five nominations. I think that that would be asking way too much of voters. Even if you did 10 scenes, you're talking about 10 scenes from every movie in an entire year is an impossible task. I don't think you would get enough consensus from anybody to even get nominations. Your nominations might be like, oh, this one was mentioned three times. We're going to put it in as a nom then. You know what I mean? I just think that that'd be, you you would end up spreading too thin at that point with no actual consensus. Yeah, very possible. It would just be, it would just definitely be like a fun category to do. But yeah, I get why it logistically wouldn't work, but it would just definitely be a fun category for just to see what, what would be in that category. Well, I mean, in that, that, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but that is a really awesome segue though, to the next part of this, which is just kind of thoughts about the Oscars, whether it's just this actual particular show or just in general and stuff like that. Um, so Justin, what about you? What, so what are your thoughts either or? However you want to do it. Say what you want. Okay. Um, I just just some just some top uh things that I like. Uh the Janelle Monet performance at the beginning. I, I thought that was pretty cool, man, how they were in costumes of all these different movies. Like I saw Rocket Man, I saw your favorite movie Midsummer, I saw uh <sighs> um <laughs> Joker was in there. <laughs> yeah, Joker. Uh, I mean, that was really cool, though, like how they had uh, all the different movies in there. I thought that Chris Rock and Steve Martin were pretty funny when they got up there. Uh, the reactions to Eminem's performance, that was freaking hilarious. Like when the curtain came up and Eminem performed and there were just so many people like grimacing and like, why, why is he here? Like, it was hilarious, man, well, when you go back and now... There are already like so many memes, um, yeah, of Eminem performing that I think was kind of funny. Well, yeah, and, uh, and to me, that perfectly encompasses the Academy Awards for a lot of people. Sometimes is just one gigantic "What the fuck are you doing?" and that moment encapsulates <laughs> it. Because why the fuck was he there? And I, like I was reading an article, and they yeah. were like, it wasn't even the twentieth anniversary; it was the seventeenth anniversary since he won. Oh, damn! Makes it worse. That's funny. Well, I think, well, well, somebody did make a point on a chat that I was in and they were like, well, he didn't get to perform when, when he had won, when that, when that song won the Oscar, he wasn't there. He didn't get to perform and everything like that. And they just asked him, could he do it? Because they really just wanted him to kind of get that one in. You know, that was a great song. That you, and that is a great song. I love that song. That's one of my favorite yeah, sure. Eminem songs. It's a great song, but, but uh, 17 but yeah, years later? But yeah, just, but yeah, but 17 years later, it's just so long ago. And 
I mean, it just took everybody aback, and it was just hilarious seeing some of those uh, reactions to him. So I get it, but yeah, maybe uh, sometimes what sounds good on paper, uh, it just didn't quite go that way. And you know what? (laughs) If that was the case, that they were like wanting to make up for the fact that he didn't get to perform it when he won, say that, just say it then, because that at least... gives some context that maybe everyone in the crowd wouldn't have been sitting there looking at the stage just with the most gigantic what the fuck face ever yeah it was like nobody fucking knew dude it was like it was a secret and like they were we're just gonna surprise everybody with Eminem that's what it felt like and everybody was like uh what the hell but yeah you're right maybe if we had had some context to that if he was on the red carpet already like oh yeah I'm gonna perform tonight blah 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 something you know to get like you said you're right it really needed some context and it did not have it at all I mean the Eminem performance was just as out of place as all 11 of the Joker nominations that's all I'm saying on that um uh, is is what about is, is that all for you justin uh with some of that stuff is there anything else you want to talk about with the oscars uh well before i'll, I'll let somebody else go on likes or whatever i have some dislikes too but no, no, yeah, just no, no, the, go the ahead. Last yeah, yes say your dislikes oh okay just throw, just throw it all out yeah, there yeah okay i guess okay all right all right we gonna do it then uh um the the last like i have was just the 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 to me my top moment though was just the moment when uh bong joon ho i think it was the directing award he was up there and he looked at martin scorsese and he said man you know i study your movies all the time you know growing up and everything like that when i was when i decided i wanted to do this and everything and pursue this as a career I study your movies. You're somebody that I look up to. You're somebody that I consider one of my heroes and everything like that. And it brought Martin Scorsese to tears. And I I just love that moment because that was very indicative of not only just the impact that Scorsese has had on somebody that's been so far away, but kind of like the the splash that that movie made being from a foreign country and had touched people over here so i thought that that was just very like poetic how there was that moment between them and he and the fact that you know it brought scorsese to tears knowing that somebody way over there watched his stuff and was inspired by it and then seeing that person now here kind of doing the opposite inspiring us and getting and breaking barriers and kind of getting us to see that oh look these other movies can be the best movie you know and it'd be okay and most people okay with it like i think that that was awesome that that was just such a awesome kind of poetic moment in there so i just had to speak on that and then uh uh just on my dislikes and stuff like that um some of the stuff just wasn't funny at all. Uh, the cats, um, who was it that dressed up in the cat costumes? That was and uh, did, James Corden and, and Rebel Wilson. Yeah, Rebel Wilson, yes. Um, uh, th- that was kind of like savage, I guess. But I guess it was kind of funny because they were like, we're going to make the cats people do the visual effect, present the visual effects kind of like, I guess, jabbing at them because the visual effects and cats were so poor so i thought that that was uh 
kind of weird, but it was weird seeing them in the cat costumes and then they were hitting on the mics and stuff like that. I mean, I guess it was funny, I guess, but I don't know. I just found some of the some of the presentations I just thought were kind of weird, like that one. You know, I, that was one that just kind of stood out to me as kind of weird. I was kind of like, oh, OK. Well, see, what was so upsetting with me for me about that part was the fact that they got the two worst characters in cats to do that. Like, right. True. If you had gotten just any of the other cats, even the ones who I don't know who they are, it probably would have been better. Like just two random cats or Idris Elba <laughs> and Jennifer Hudson or just two actual cats. Ooh, just two actual cats probably would have made it better. Um, yeah, it just made no damn sense, really. Uh, what about you, Heather? What are, what are, what are your, uh, some of your thoughts on this? Well, well, well Jasta, are you done? Was that it? I wouldn't cut um, you off. And, and Well, now I remembered something. Now, one last thing I'll say. In the memorandum, they forgot Luke Perry, man. Yes, I was going to bring I that up. I don't think they mentioned They it. also forgot Cameron yeah. Boyce, who, well, yeah, he might not have been in a lot yeah. of movies, but Cameron Boyce. But he was in Hollywood. Yeah, and, and, and Sid Haig. They didn't put Sid Haig. Sid Haig's been in movies yeah. for like 60 fucking years or whatever, and they didn't fucking put wow. him in it. Yeah, yeah, whoever's in charge of that, they need to be fired. I mean, because I can't believe that 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 Luke Perry wasn't in there. Luke Perry, right? was, and he, was, and he was in Once Upon a Time. Exactly, he, he was. was in, he yeah. was in a movie that was nominated for what ten awards, and he wasn't even in the fucking yeah. memorandum or in memoriam. What the right. hell? Like they fucked yeah. that bad. Yeah, they did. Yeah, fire that person. That person, fire them. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that that's super fucked. I mean. How hard is it to add those three people? You know what I mean? I mean, well, Cameron Boyce, yeah. like I said, he wasn't in a lot of movies. He was in a couple of the, you know, he was in an Adam Sandler movie and stuff like that, but he was really kind of big on the Disney Channel. It's just, it was such a tragic thing, though. He, I mean, this kid's like 20 and died from having seizures. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can put him in the fucking memorandum or in memoriam. I don't know why, why I can't I keep fucking that up. In memoriam. Like, what does it hurt to put him in it? Like, what does it hurt to put these yeah. three people in the in memoriam? Really? I mean, like I said, Sid Haig has been making movies in Hollywood for 60 fucking years. And you can't put that fucker in it? Come on. I don't give a fuck if they are like B-horror films and all that other shit. You put him in the fucking in memoriam. Yeah. I mean. Unacceptable, Oscar. Unacceptable. It, it truly is. And like you said, Luke Perry, come on. He's in fucking Once Upon a Time for Hollywood. How the fuck do you not put him in? I mean, this movie was nominated all over the fucking place, and you don't fucking put him in. Get your fucking act together. All right, now, Heather, now it's your turn. <laughs> no, I do agree with that. I actually, yeah, like, I didn't even think about it, but yeah, you're right. They did miss a lot of people this year. Um, no, my things uh, that I, I really, I really enjoyed the Jan Janelle Monet and Billy Porter uh, opening of it. Um, I, I do, I like the fact that they, they celebrated a lot of movies that weren't nominated and anything like that. Like they had a little, um, you know, like a little dance number that they did. And, you know, even though Midsummer wasn't a movie that I think should be nominated for anything, <sighs> just the fact that they're acknowledging these movies that weren't like they did one for us. They, they had like a little section where us was in yeah, it. And I appreciated that for sure, because I loved that movie. And, and I just, Slim it too. is, yes, Queen and Slim was in it as well. You're right. And like, they just, they, they really did a good job of really acknowledging all these movies that aren't necessarily 
Oscar nominated movies. It's still film. And I love that they did it the way they did. And um, especially because in, in us, that, that, that music that they did when they did five on it and they redid that, that's probably like the greatest song of the year. It's so good. Like, I'm just really glad they put that in there because I loved it. Um, but yeah, I just, I really liked that opening number that they did and they just kind of celebrated the, the diversity of these movies that aren't necessarily nominated movies, but were big movies or movies that people, um, responded to and just, you know, movies that maybe not from the Academy were acknowledged, but were from other people. So I appreciated it and I thought it was a good performance. Janelle Monae is always very entertaining and so is Billy Porter. So I really enjoyed the opening number. I actually kind of like the fact that they didn't really have an Oscars host. Not that I dislike it when they do, but I just liked it. I don't know. I just, I think that they, they did well without having one, you know, cause they always have a lot of people that come up and do a little thing before they announce awards anyway. So, you know, it wasn't necessary. And, um, so I was fine with it. I actually, I thought it was a little bit refreshing that they did it that way. Um, yeah, I just, overall it was, it was decent. Yeah. Um, I, I would just say again, this year from what I noticed, it was just mostly, more snubs for movies that movies or performances that should have been acknowledged than there were that I've seen in the past. And I don't know, maybe that's because this year was just really kind of, it was really stacked with a lot of good movies that came out, but also just kind of trying to figure out why it was set up the way it was. Because one thing that comes to mind for me is you think about, was it last year when Remy Malik won for playing, um, uh uh what's his name freddie Freddie mercury Mercury. and yeah yeah, like he won for playing that performance and he you know and like that was just this huge thing and like everybody was like yeah it's totally a thing and taron edgerton was just his performance was i think better in my opinion the movie was better in my opinion and he was not even nominated. I'm like, how do you make that justification? Why is one certainly a, a shoe in and the other one's not even nominated? Like, it just was really weird to me and really kind of almost insulting to Taryn Edgerton, who also sang all of the songs and was perfectly playing Elton John. And I just, I am very sad for him because he just really deserved to be on that list above some of the other people that I think were nominated. And there just were a lot of snubs and Matthew Reese didn't even get anything like not even acknowledged for how good he was in beautiful day in the neighborhood. And that also upsets me because I know he's not as big of a name as some of these other people, but his performance was so solid and he really was the main character in beautiful day in the neighborhood. And he wasn't even like mentioned. It was all about Tom Hanks, which I'm never opposed to that. But the fact that Matthew Reese was just as good and his performance, and he wasn't even acknowledged, and that's really upsetting. So really, my biggest issue this year is really just the fact that a lot of the movies and performances that were so good did not get the appreciation that they should have gotten for what they did, and then random movies that I either hadn't really heard of much beforehand or didn't really seem like they were as... I, I, it's hard to say as deserving, but just kind of movies that I didn't think would be in certain categories over ones that I think certainly should have been. It was really a major thing this year, more than I had seen in the past. So overall, my opinion of it is, you know, 
kind of organize it better because it's like they they don't really have certain rules. You feel like they have the rules and as soon as you think you've learned them, they switch it up the next year with, oh, but this isn't deserving of the same thing that's exactly like this other thing was last year. And it's very weird. So, um, and I do understand that a lot of people were upset that there were no um, female nominations for directing. And that is unfortunate, but I I do get why most of the ones that were nominated were. So I'm a little bit forgiving of it, uh, just because I think either way, Sam Mendes should have won, no matter who it was. <laughs> but it just, I and I yeah, I get why people are a little bit upset about, you know, the lack of the female nominations for that category. Um, and especially, yeah, just especially within the past few years and everything going on, like females being nominated in that category, people are going to be really upset about that. So I get the outrage over it, but, um, I don't think that whatever female director would have been nominated, probably it wasn't going to be a better movie to me than Sam Mendez's movie. So I can be forgiving of it, but yeah, just in general, I, I thought it was lacking in the giving, deserving awards to the people that should have actually gotten it is really my main takeaway from this year. I mean, I would have been okay if they got rid of Todd Phillips and put Olivia Wilde for book smart. I would have been fine with that. True. Yeah, that's true. Another film that got snubbed. Another film that was very, very good this year that got, and see, that's what I'm talking about, man. It was just too many good movies this year, man. It was just too, I mean, what, what what is the solution? What yeah, is you don't nominate like? the Joker 11 times. That's the fucking solution. It's real fucking easy. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it is, though, because that movie, like, th- 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 that's that movie that it wasn't it, it, it wasn't as good a quality. But that's the one everybody was talking about, man. That, that's the one everybody was touting. That's the one like, I don't know, man. We couldn't even stop talking about Is this it. the talk about awards or is this the good movie awards? I mean, really, like, what is this? Like, it's, it's not the. It's all of it. No, it's, all no, of it's it. not. And that's that's what we're. Yes, it no, is. No, well, that's the thing. You're wrong. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's what we're getting into with my part of it. Is this year more so than I think in the last few years in general exposed the deep flaw in what the Academy Awards are? The Academy Awards aren't actually about being the best movies or best in any of these categories. These nominations and everything like that are solely based on the studios pumping money into who they want from their movies nominated. That's what this is all about. These are all fucking like payola fucking nominations. And I think that this year is so incredibly clear that that's what this was. Because if this really was about people nominating the things that they thought were the best of the best and things like that. The Joker would not have been nominated 11 times, but why was the Joker nominated 11 times? Because Warner brothers pumped a lot of money into an advertising and gift giving campaign to Academy award voters. And it got nominated 11 times because Warner brothers was circle jerking everybody to get its shit nominated. It's the same reason why Leonardo DiCaprio got nominated for Best Actor, and Brad Pitt got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. That right there is because Sony knew Brad Pitt had a better chance of winning Best Supporting Actor than he did Best Actor. And Leonardo DiCaprio probably wouldn't have won Best Supporting Actor in the same type of thing. So what did they do? They make sure Leonardo DiCaprio gets nominated for Best Actor by putting out there, hey guys, nominate DiCaprio for Best Actor, nominate Pitt for Best Supporting Actor. 
So then what happens? Brad Pitt gets nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and he wins it. Not because he was necessarily the supporting actor of the movie, just that Sony said he was. So that's why he got nominated for that. It has not a lot to do with a lot of these things. This isn't an altruistic celebration of what the best of movies is. It's who's the best at getting their shit nominated. And I think this year really showed that flaw more so than a lot of these other years. And that's why whenever I was saying, Justin, what is this? And you are absolutely right. It is both because yes, what movie was everybody talking about the Joker? And that's why it got nominated because Warner brothers knew it was getting talked about. They made a shit ton of money on it. So who gives a fuck if they spend, you know, an extra 10, $20 million getting Academy award nominations for this fucking movie. They give zero shits because that movie made a billion. It was like a fucking $60 million budget or some shit, whatever the fuck it was. Like they have tons of extra money to spend on this shit. And that's what they did. And that's what this boils down to. And it also goes to something that you were talking about with uh, Dolomite is my name. Why wasn't it nominated? Because A, Netflix didn't release it in theaters for two weeks, which is another stupid rule that the Academy has. Everything has to be in theaters for at least two Uh. weeks. So Irishman got nominated because they put it out for two weeks. Marriage Story got nominated because it got put out for two weeks. Now, it was only in like a couple of theaters in Los Angeles and New York, but technically that's all that counts. So bam, it's here. Dolomite is my name. They didn't do that with. So it could not be nominated in this for anything. None of its things okay. could be nominated. How, how does that process work? Like, does the do the people that make the movie go, hey, we'll pay for you to have it distributed in theaters or whatever? Or does Netflix decide we're going to just pick these two for our own political reasons, money, et cetera, et cetera? What movies? How does that process work? Exactly? Netflix could have do done know? it with any of these movies. Netflix can do it with any okay, of their so stuff. Okay, so they can pick, and they just didn't pick it yeah, for whatever reason. they just reason. didn't pick it, so it, it can't be nominated. Personally, I think Damn. scrap that rule because it's garbage. It just makes a mockery yeah, of the whole dumb. thing. Those movies are in theaters for two yeah. weeks, and all of a sudden now they're eligible for all this shit. Either you get rid of that loophole for these big awards, or just open it up for everything. Who gives a fuck anymore? Like, at this point, really... Who gives a fuck if The Irishman came out in theaters for two weeks and then was on Netflix? Nobody went and saw it in theaters. Everybody saw it on Netflix. So let's call it what it is. It's a Netflix movie. So if you're going to say it can be nominated, then open it up to all Netflix shit. Open it up to Hulu, Disney Plus, all these fucking things. Like, let's, let's not split hairs because of what these streaming companies decide to put in a theater for two weeks. Like, that's bullshit. I I think... And I think, honestly, man, that just feels like something that's going to have to change because, I mean, there's just too many likes. I mean, just this era of streaming and all of these different distributors and people making movies and this TV shows and this, that and the other. I I just don't know how that rule can stick around just given the the way we're doing things i mean it can i'm sure there's some agenda that has to do with with the almighty dollar that might keep it around but it would seem like you would have to do that just because you got all these streaming services popping up and emerging even as we speak you know it just seems like it would have to change well exactly like like you said dolomite is my name is a fucking fantastic movie eddie murphy was phenomenal in that movie do i think he would have won best best actor if nominated no should he have been nominated yes all because of some weird technicality he's not but the irishman that's 
where um, everybody was de-aged and looked like they had fucking nine-year-old Play-Doh on their fucking face, that can get nominated for 10 awards. But Dolomite is my name, <laughs> which is just an acting fucking powerhouse of a fucking movie, can't? Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they got to do some of that bad I, shit. I think they need to kind of make this a little bit more like a dog show. They need to do a 10-movie best theater picture, and they need to do a 10-movie best streaming picture, and then do a 20-movie fucking free-for-all for best picture, like a best-in-show. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, they got to extend it. I think the only solution is you either got to extend it or you just don't have you know, or either do it to where you just pick a winner and that's it. But then, but then how can you do a show? You got to invite people. So maybe that's impossible, but yeah, you're going to have to extend it because like we said, book smart, that was a movie I forgot about, but that was very, very good too, man. And you just wish it would have gotten some recognition. And I think that the, the last thing I had written here that I was going to say is that, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, am I happy that Parasite won and all that? And it, does it have implications? Yeah, that, does that have a cool story? Great. That's cool. But to me, the Oscars have never been indicative of what you should be watching, what must be watched or that or or and and the oscars definitely doesn't get it right all the time with what the best movies are etc cetera, etc cetera. because like we said we Book. probably named yeah exactly and that oh i'm glad you brought that up because like green book yeah that was one example i hate that that one best picture i just hate that it did uh you know that whole tie up race relations in a bow and just a completely untrue story about the characters and fabricating it to where you have this white savior and all this stuff like that's a great example of something where i just absolutely hated it and i i think it's important to say that this is not indicative of uh, it's not always indicative of the best movies that came out over the course of the year because there are a lot of movies that like we said didn't even get mentioned but are you the listeners out there should totally be watching and seeing and i think that that is indicative of the fact that something has to change they have to expand the categories or whatever and as more as these streaming services pop up you're gonna get more great movies and more great content that i'm afraid how is it going to get the same recognition? And I feel like there's got to be a way for more stuff to get recognized. And I think that's a great idea, Sterling. Like the best theater films and doing a, a, a separate one for streaming films and them kind of having those different categories. You might have to do that, man, because I, I don't know how you can just continue to have five or six slots, eight or nine slots. and really reflect how well and and how good of movies there were out there in a year. I don't know how you can do it with what the system they have now. See, I'm not going to lie. The Academy Awards last night made me miss the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes <laughs> actually bring light to a lot more shit than the Academy Awards do. They give shit yeah, that you true. would never get nominated for an Academy Award something. And it, yeah. it blows my mind. Like, I've, I, I am notorious for just shitting on the Golden Globes all the fucking time. And then last night, I, I realized the Golden Globes have it right by splitting some things up. Because shit, because you actually get to draw more attention to more quality things in the Golden Globes than you do in the Oscars, you know? I mean, 
it's, you know, like I said, if you do that free-for-all 20 movie best picture, who the fuck can complain at that point? You have 20 fucking movies in a best picture category because you're saying anything that's nominated for best streaming or best theater can get win best picture. Come on. Yeah. You would solve so yeah. many problems with diversity and everything like that in that by doing it that way because you give more chances. Yeah. How could it not be diverse? And then fuck yeah. it. If you realize that best picture was getting too crowded to just do five, so you upped it to 10, do yourself a fucking favor, Oscars. And on these big awards like best director, best actor, best screenplay, you know, best actress, all those, open them up to 10. Who gives a fuck? Put 10 names up there. Like one person's still going to win. It's still only going to be one winner. So just put yeah. 10. You, so what's the harm? Yeah. You're saying 10 more names. Who gives a fuck? Like, or I'm not 10 more names. You're saying five more names, a category who cares? Like if you really want to solve your problem with, with, you know, diversity issues and all this other shit, just allow for more. Who's going to really give them shit for that. If they say, look, we've realized that we're excluding too many quality actors and directors and actresses. We have to open it up to more people just to be nominated because we want, we want this to be like truly show the diversity and, you know, the range that Hollywood and movies can be. Who's really, who's going to give them shit for that? Like that's what yeah, everybody wants, nobody. you know? Yeah. And like, and this year, like it's, it's funny because like, Maybe a few years ago, if you had told me that five or six years ago, oh, have 10 names and 20, I'd have been like, uh, do you really need to do all of that? But man, after this year, dude, you could have easily done that this year. We, we could put together a 20 best picture easily. We could sit here and add 10 movies to that list yeah. easily. We could sit here and add five more directors, five more actresses, five more actors. I mean, easily we could have done that this year. So I think you're going to have to do this. And I don't see how. I don't see how you can't. And it's just one of those things. It's not like you're going to nominate people that were garbage. You know what I mean? You could nominate an Eddie Murphy into Best Actor. And what's that going to hurt to give him a fucking nomination? Yeah. Like you can nominate fucking Adam Sandler. You can nominate Taron Edgerton and stuff like that. You can nominate these people and it doesn't take away from anything. It really doesn't, you know? I mean, yeah, it's just indicative. It's indicative of the times, man. Yeah. We just got way more content, man. We just got way more shit. So you got to have some more slots. You do. I mean, it just seems academic to me, you know? I mean, it really is a true numbers game. There are more TV shows and more movies now than have ever been. And I'm talking about new shit. Like, why not just name more people like, because what, what did, what do people always notoriously say? It was an honor to be nominated. Cool. Let's honor some more fucking people then. Yeah. Honor the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just going to, and you don't have to do it for everything. You don't need 10 cinematographers. Five's fine on these other awards because yeah, yeah. You, you just on the, the, the directing best picture and the actor ones, that's, what six categories you name five more people you know well no that's five categories because they already do 10 for best picture i mean you're naming 25 more people cool that's nice like let's how yeah like you said let's be more accurate to the fucking times i mean dip your toes in the water make it seven like do something like actually show you're trying something new because honestly and i hate to bring this up but your average people are tuning out of the fucking Academy Awards. This was the worst 
rated Academy Award as far as viewership goes ever at 23 million people watch this, which was down 20% from last year. You dropped 20% in one year. Ooh. Yeah. When when the Academy Awards at its highest was at 40 fucking million, and now you're down to 23? That's a big fucking drop. You have to do something to get more people to watch. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, including more people and including streaming and all this other stuff, all that's going to do is is possibly it, that at least gives you a chance to get more viewers. It's not going to mean less people watch. It just means there's a chance more might watch. Yeah, and I think it will compel people to watch because if you had a streaming category, that's what most people do. So then they feel like they could be a part of the conversation. It's kind of weird being like, yay, Parasite won, and then half the people are like, yeah, I'm glad it won. And then the other half is like, man, I didn't, I didn't, what, what is it? You know, where can I watch it? Yeah. You know, they're asking, where can I watch it? Like, but if you had those categories, like you're talking about, like if there was a streaming category, I think you would get people more invested because then they feel like, well, I didn't see all the theater movies, but I, hell yeah, I'd be on some Netflix. I'd be on some Disney Plus. I saw this shit. You know, I saw The Mandalorian, so I'll tune in. I'll see if it won anything. Well, you know, I'll, I saw this or that, or I'll, I'll see if it won. You know, I think you would invest more people because just way more people stream shit now. Well, <laughs> you know, like you said, think about Netflix exclusive documentaries that would you would you could get more. Oh of. yeah, I mean, I just open it up. Like, what's the worst that can fucking happen, Hollywood? Really? Like I said, you say more names. Oh, no. God forbid we say more names. Jeez. I mean, and I will say this. One last thing I want to say about the Academy Awards that I did like about last night was about saying somebody's name. When Josh Gad came out uh, to introduce Idina Menzel for uh, Into the (laughs) Unknown, and he was like, you know, Idina Menzel, exactly as it's spelled. Yes, that was great. Was just It was a great little callback to uh, John Travolta, I don't know, having a stroke on stage um <laughs> i mean it and that was just a, it was a little funny moment that i really appreciated that josh gad did with the deadpan of perfection um it was just nice you know but uh any other thoughts on the academy awards because we still got to technically review gretel and hansel real quick no i'm good uh, okay cool i'm good too all right so fuck it for gretel and hansel uh, we've kind of decided we're going to keep it real short on this. So I think we should just do recommendations and scores. I think that's the best way to handle this. Uh, so Justin, there we go. What's your recommendation and score for Gretel and Hansel? Oh my gosh. Uh, um, I don't think I can, <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, uh, J- Jesus, I, this movie is just, I'm so like incredibly split with this movie because like, I mean, it's just, so weird, but I mean, I don't, I don't think I can recommend this though. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's visually impressive. It's, it's got some, it, it's got some great visuals. It definitely has a creepy atmosphere. It, it definitely has that going for it. But it's style over substance, man. So if that's your thing, I mean, I guess go see it. But man, this script is just bones. I mean, it's just bare bones. There is no meat on this script it is just completely just it it doesn't really 
seem to go anywhere and then you get to the end and you're like okay that was the point of all of that it's just so weird and how it tells the story and it just doesn't really go anywhere you know and 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 i just hate that it's like that because i really do think that it's got some great production values so maybe i can recommend it for that if you're somebody who likes to look at dark creepy odd looking things i mean maybe you'll like this yeah but yeah, that, that, that's about the best that I can say about it. Um, my, as far as a score, let's give it. I, I'm man, I'm, I'm just split right down the middle. It's a half and half movie for me, so we're gonna go with fifty. Uh, we're gonna go with fifty <laughs> um, <laughs> zombie-looking people laying and sleeping next to you, so that the next morning when you wake up, they can wake up next to you and go Ooh! out of a hundred. That's all I got. That's an astute, astute observation with that, Jasmine. Uh, Heather, what about you? Yeah, I honestly can't disagree. It is a very middle-of-the-road type of movie. Uh, visually impressive is also a good word for it. I think that that's probably the best thing this movie had going for it was it was very beautiful, very captivating visually. Um, the acting is fine. Um, Sophia Lillis... Uh, who plays uh, Gretel is probably the most standout I would say in this movie I think she um, she's she's a really really good actress I think and I honestly I just really like the way that she delivered a lot of her lines like there's a very specific and certain way that they speak in this film as if you're you know reading it from a fairy tale and it's very proper and uh, just how the language and how they say certain things is very um it's very different sounding, but uh, she she does it very well. She I like the way that she delivers a lot of her lines. Um, I think she just kind of I don't know what the word is. I guess just really like just how she drives home um, a line of dialogue. I really enjoy. So I I liked her a lot in this movie. Um, that it, it was very much a creepy type of movie. It's a very dark. Uh, take on it. I mean, it's already kind of a dark fairy tale, but it's just a, um, an even more dark tale about it. But ultimately, they don't really tie anything up in a very good way. You feel like you're kind of left with a lot of, okay, what about it kind of thing with most of the things that happen. And yeah, I mean, they make it a little different, obviously, than the actual fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel. But they just, the differences that they make end up amounting to pretty much nothing because they don't really you you don't really feel like they're completing anything that they're really uh talking about in this movie uh to m most of the degree that this film is uh the main storyline sure gets wrapped up but just a lot of the the things that the the path they take you on to get there and then sort of a little bit of what happens after the main story happens you're just like okay why <laughs> like, what does this mean? What is the point? So I can't necessarily say I recommend it either because it's very much just a movie that you're going to see it and you're not really going to care about it as soon as you leave the theater. You're just going to be like, okay, that was a movie. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt when I left it. But it's not, I mean, it's not like a, oh, this movie is so terrible and it's super awful or anything like that. It really very much is middle of the road and I was going to give the exact same score as Jason was. I'm going to give it 50 mushrooms that you have to pick to survive, but make you high out of a hundred guys, guys, y'all are 100% wrong on this movie. It's not really a movie. 
this movie, I say movie, this thing we watched in the theater is actually a weird abstract hour and a half long music video for the song The Middle by Zed, Marin Morrison Gray. <laughs> because no, you guys are absolutely right. This is, this is literally the most middle of the road movie that has ever existed. It's so <laughs> in the middle that at the end of the movie of the two main characters of Gretel and Hansel, which annoys me that they say those names backwards, but those two characters at the end of the movie, one of them is in a new place and the other one is right back where they started. So literally one character went through the movie just to go back to the beginning and the other characters on a new path. So it's a new path and the beginning again, which is the middle. They went like literally the characters go back essentially to the average of the middle. Um, but I do disagree with you. I am going to recommend this movie, not in theaters and uh, not to like watch, but if this movie's on Netflix and you have, I don't know, you have to do your taxes. Yeah. Put it on, do your taxes. Um, <laughs> gotta, you know, I don't know, do some laundry vacuum. I don't know, like create, train a dog. I mean, you just put it on the background. It's the perfect background noise movie ever because just nothing happens. Nothing. Like if you know the story of Hansel and Gretel, you know the story of this movie because everything else that they add is just nothing. It doesn't matter. It's still Hansel and Gretel. Um, and this is probably, I don't know, I think a Cinema Slayer's first. I'm giving this 50. How the fuck do you do a Hansel and Gretel movie without breadcrumbs out of 100? <laughs> Man, three for three. That's crazy. Big 50. 50. That's exactly why we didn't do a whole episode or anything. And we're just tagging it on at the end of this shit show of an episode. So now, um, thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers podcast. We're cinema underscore slayers at on Instagram and Twitter. Um, let us know what your Oscar thoughts are. We've definitely said a lot about that shit tonight. Um, if you happen to be, I don't know, the fifth person in the world that saw Gretel and Hansel, um, let us know what you thought about that or not. Cause I don't think anybody did. Um, so yeah, just let us know what you think guys. We've got a couple of really cool things coming up your way. Uh, we we're bringing back a guest from a previous episode and we're pretty excited about that. So we will definitely, uh, point you in that direction whenever that episode comes out. So keep your ears and podcast apps open for those things. And as always, since this is the most Oscar fitting thing we will ever say, remember guys, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a best picture winner. Leave me in the club. I got in the old robot. I'm in the having sex. I didn't to make a lot. Come give me a hug if you're getting drunk. Yeah. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a party like it's your birthday. And we don't care that it's your motherfucking birthday. Wow.